If there's one thing that will kill a novel fast, it's backstory done wrong. And by that, I mean the dreaded info dump. Of course, writers are getting pretty savvy these days, and most of us know not to put an info dump in our novel. But this tends to lead to other problems. Sometimes writers will completely pull backstory out of their novel to solve the problem so they don't accidentally have an info dump. But this, unfortunately, will rob the novel of both depth and meaning, and maybe even a little more horrifying to writers, it will cause readers to get bored and lose interest and give up on the novel completely. But the trick is that you have to understand backstory and how to use it. And no worries, because that's exactly what I'm going to teach you how to do today. Hello, and welcome to the Many Worlds Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Davis. I'm a book coach, a developmental editor, and a fellow storyteller like yourself. And this is the show that's all about how to brainstorm, write, edit, publish, and sell a powerful speculative fiction novel, and maybe just change the world too. William Faulkner famously wrote, the past is never dead. It's not even the past. Personally, having read many, many novels that have been celebrated and won awards and found readerships that are very dedicated to them, but also having read many manuscripts that are still in development, that are still trying to find their homes with agents and editors and readers, I could not agree more with what William Faulkner said. And in fact, it applies directly to your protagonist. Your protagonist's past is probably one of the most crucial parts of your novel. It is the key to the story present. Okay, let me explain a little bit. Your protagonist is the star of your novel. Your protagonist is the lens through which we see the entire story. And they arrive on the first page of your novel with an important backstory. A backstory that led them to some big misbelief that needs changing. If you're not familiar with the idea of a misbelief, it's pretty simple. A misbelief is a belief that your protagonist holds that isn't true. It's something that they think is true, but it's in some way holding them back and causing their present situation to be not so great. They have lots of flaws and lots of problems in their current life. And the whole purpose of your novel is to help them overcome this misbelief and get to some new belief that will serve them better and allow them to live a more fulfilled life. So that's the whole point of your story. The whole point of your story is to go from misbelief to new belief. That's called the character arc. So the interesting thing here is that the misbelief is based on the protagonist's past, their backstory. So you have to know what that backstory is. You have to be intimately associated with the story important backstory, if that makes sense. Like the part of their backstory that directly led to their misbelief so that you can use that backstory and the reader can feel the depth and authenticity of the story coming through as you write. So really, the backstory is the key to your whole story. Because the backstory created the misbelief, and the character arc is about getting from the misbelief to the new belief, and the plot is there to push your protagonist from misbelief to new belief. And once they get there, once they have that understanding, that aha moment, 
they're done. The story's over. It doesn't really matter if they got what they wanted or if they didn't get what they wanted. None of that really matters. It only matters that they have overcome their misbelief. That's if you're having a positive character arc, right? Um, If you're having a negative character arc, um, they've retained the misbelief and they've absolutely refused to ever learn the truth. And we see that for sure. And once we know that, once we know they're never giving up their misbelief and maybe their belief system is getting even worse, then the story is over. So I hope that you can see that backstory is so pivotal. In fact, your entire novel rests on it. Okay, I really hope I've convinced you that backstory is super important. Now I want to help you understand backstory a little bit more so you can use it without info dumping. The first type of backstory is context. I like to think of context as how your protagonist came to be, where they are, and why anything matters. So it's really the setup information. It helps the reader understand what's going on in the present moment. So for instance, if I were to have two sisters arguing, um, and let's imagine one of them is a witch, and uh, this is a world where witches are persecuted, and her sister knows she's a witch, and they're arguing about maybe someone finding out that the first sister is a witch. Well, if I didn't give any context to the argument, the reader might not understand what's going on at all. So I would want to give some some context there. So I might, let's call my witch Tara. I might want to say that um, Tara has known she was a witch since she was three years old, but she's always been super careful whenever she went into the village and no one has ever found out. Now, I don't go into a specific memory. I'm simply summing up some information. She's a witch. She's known for a long time and no one has found out. So those are just contextual things. Those are setup materials. I can get through them very quickly and they can add a whole lot of meaning to what's going on. And in fact, your reader wouldn't be able to understand the argument very well without them. Now, I can say them just in the, um, in the narrative itself, or I can, I can somehow weave it into dialogue. There are lots of different ways I can get that context in there, but it has to be in there. The second major type of backstory is memory. So memory is related to very specific events, meaning the protagonist is um, remembering a snippet of something, a very particular moment from their past, and we're inserting it into the present moment. But the trick here is that we're not like losing ourselves in the past. We're not going um, back there for a long time like we might for a flashback. No. We're, we're, we're staying in the present moment. We're just allowing their mind to travel backwards to the past. And if you think about it, that's exactly what we do. So on a daily basis, whenever I am interacting with people, my mind is traveling backwards, perhaps to the last time we spoke, perhaps to you know some other really important snippet of our past together. So this is a perfectly human thing to do. And you can use that memory Uh, to really illuminate things in the present moment and give the story present a very deep and resonant feeling. Okay, let me give you an example of memory so you can fully understand what I mean here and how it's different than context. So context is sort of a, a general understanding of what came before. It's almost a little bit summary like 
whereas memory itself is very, very specific. It's a single moment that somehow is going to shed light on what's going on in the story present. So let's use Tara, the witch, and her sister, her older sister, Genevieve, as our example. So we know in the present moment they're fighting. And as the writer, I might want to tell the reader why they're fighting and why it matters. And in order to do that, maybe I want to put in a memory. So while they're in the middle of this fight, Tara can remember a time when she and Genevieve were in the village. This was years ago, and they were both really young. Maybe they were five and nine. And Tara's magic was getting away from her. And Genevieve had to grab her by the hand and quickly pull her into an alley and make sure that the barber didn't see any of her magic. And afterwards, Genevieve had been shaking, trying not to cry. And if Tara remembers that at this moment, that very specific concrete memory, then we get, con- we get information about why this fight matters. So it's really shedding light on the present moment. It's not just like Tara's remembering one time when she had ice cream and that doesn't matter at all to this moment. No, no, no. She's remembering something very important from the past that gives us information about the present. Okay, I hope you're ready. I'm about to give you my best strategies for how to incorporate backstory into your novel without ever info dumping. I call these the five principles of highly effective backstory. Principle number one, the backstory you introduce, whether it's context or memory, should relate to your protagonist's character arc. Maybe it's a memory or context into how they developed their misbelief that's going to drive the story. Maybe it's just showing us who they are as people, what they want, maybe a little hint of what they need. Maybe it's showing us how they make decisions and helping us to see all the flaws that have been created in the present moment by their misbelief. Whatever it is, it needs to touch that character arc so that we can feel its importance, so that we can feel it moving the story forward. Principle number two, the backstory that you introduce needs to be triggered by something in the present moment. That means you can't just drop backstory in because you need the reader to know about it. You have to make sure that you are creating scenes that allow you to sort of plant other characters or objects or events in there that will naturally trigger your protagonist to think back about a memory or consider the context. So you always want the reader to feel like the backstory that you have there is seamlessly interwoven into the scene. It can't feel like a sore thumb sticking out. So just remember that it has to be triggered by something that is happening in the present moment. Principle number three, the backstory that you introduce into the scene has to shed light on the scene that it's in meaning it cannot be unrelated material. If you're, if we're going to stop the story and we're going to have your protagonist give us a memory or give us some important context, it should help the reader decode the scene that's happening so that they can better and more deeply understand the true meaning 
of the scene. Because let's face it, that's the only reason we should ever be using backstory at all, so that our reader can better understand the present story, because they're understanding it through the lens of the protagonist who's lived all of these events that have made them have a particular perspective or understanding of what's currently going on. So basically, we're using that to catch the reader up. Principle number four, the backstory that you introduce into your novel needs to be concrete, clear, and specific. Meaning, when we introduce backstory, we really want it to ring with such authenticity, such specific details that the reader can actually picture it. That's the idea. If we leave it in a generalization, then the reader gets a sense of what it is, but they can't actually visualize it. Let me give you an example. So let's imagine I have a young woman named Marisa, and she and her father have been estranged for years because he always forced her to study and never let her go out and do the normal things that teenage girls would be able to do to have fun. So if she's thinking about this estranged relationship with her father, it wouldn't be enough to say Marisa had always been estranged from her father because he forced her to study and wouldn't let her go to parties like all the other girls got to do. I mean, I can kind of picture a little something, but there are no specific details to grab onto. It just feels kind of blah and lifeless. On the other hand, if I decided to say something like, Uh, Marisa had always been estranged from her father because he forced her to study all the time. Every night, he forced her to read for two hours. James Joyce, Charles Dickens, William Shakespeare, book after book after book. Meanwhile, he sat on the couch, smoking a Marlboro Light, watching Seinfeld. Do you see the difference there? Suddenly, we get a sense of what the real problem here is. He's holding her to these high academic standards, not letting her go out and have fun. Meanwhile, he's not doing any of that stuff himself, so he's not demonstrating that type of lifestyle himself. So she feels like he's a hypocrite, right? We don't really need to be told she feels like he's a hypocrite. I mean, you can tell the reader that, but you don't need to because I think that comes, that comes loud and clear. But that's how you get to those clear and concrete and very specific details. You, you try and think, well, how could I make the reader really be able to imagine it? Like, paint the scene. Principle number five, and this is a big one. The real way that you can make sure that your backstory doesn't feel like an info dump is to grind it up. Think about a peppercorn. If I love pepper, right? I love pepper. I put it literally on everything I eat. But what I wouldn't do is go to my spice cabinet and take the whole peppercorn container without grinding it up and just pour it in. That would be overwhelming. It it wouldn't taste good anymore. And that's exactly like backstory. What you want to do is take those peppercorns of backstory and you want to put them in the grinder and grind them up and sprinkle them in. They're much more palatable that way. We get all the same information. We just get it slowly. Let me use another little metaphor here because I super love using metaphors. Think about it like dating somebody. If you went out on the first date with someone and they just proceeded to tell you three hours worth of their life story, you probably wouldn't have a second date. 
I mean, you might think they're interesting people and, you know, their life story might be fascinating to you. But if they just kept talking and talking and talking, it it probably wouldn't go well. You'd feel overwhelmed by information. That's kind of like your protagonist with the reader, meaning your protagonist is kind of dating the reader in a weird sort of way, and your reader needs to get to know them slowly. So you can take all of that wonderful backstory all of those memories from the past that have formed a misbelief that will guide the character arc, right? And you just grind them up into snippets that you sprinkle throughout the story so that your reader will get to know both your protagonist's backstory and maybe the backstory of the world and the family and sort of the political intrigue, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. All of the backstory you can grind it up and sprinkle it in the story so that it is there in a seamless and unobtrusive way. And your reader might not even know what you're doing, honestly. It might be like a little magic trick to them. In fact, I challenge you to pick up your favorite novel and if you're super brave, grab a highlighter pen. I actually did this and start highlighting starting at chapter one, just start highlighting every moment of backstory that you see in a novel. And what I think is going to happen is you are going to be very surprised that so much of what is on the page is actually backstory, that the author really did a really clever magic trick and you didn't even notice it. So that's my challenge to you. Go out and look at your favorite novel and highlight the backstory that you see. And then use my five principles to start inserting backstory into your own novel in a non-info dumpy way. Okay, writers, if you'd like to grab my super snazzy backstory checklist, you can find that at miniworldswriting.com forward slash backstory. Or you can snag it from the link right in the show notes. I hope this episode was super helpful to you as you're trying to figure out how to incorporate that necessary backstory into your novel in a non-info dumpy way. And if it was, if you could take a moment to follow or subscribe to the show, that would mean the world to me and it would help me know that you would really like to see more of these episodes. Also, if you could share it with a writer friend, I would be very grateful. I would love to see this show helping lots of writers on their journey. Until next time, keep writing, keep dreaming, and remember, the world needs your stories right now, so don't you dare give up on your novel or yourself. See you later.